another episode of Candy Girl. I'm your host, Shelby, and today we have a guest. She's a Houston-based sex worker. Her name is Deja. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Deja, Houston-based sex worker here. So she DM'd us on Instagram to let us know that we've kind of been helping her along this journey of sex work, and I asked her if she wanted to do an interview, and she was very excited to, so we're very excited to have her today. Will you tell us a little bit about yourself and, like, how you got involved with sex work? After I had graduated high school, I needed a way to kind of get money for college because I had nothing. Like, I had no money for college at all. And I remember a friend that was actually a guy, and he had a sugar daddy. And he was saying, like, that he had made, like, $500, like, from one date or something like that. And I thought that was, like, amazing, like, how much money you can get just doing, like, a date. And so I thought, maybe I could do this to help me, like, pay for college. And so how long were you a sugar baby for? Uh, I would say I was a sugar baby for about maybe two and a half years, maybe a little longer, maybe, like, three. And what was your experience with that? Well, I actually had three sugar daddies, but, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would say, like, it was pretty much up and down. The first two that I had were not the best experiences, but the last one I had was, like, a long-term where we were, like, together for over a year so I would say it was okay so do you have any stories about being a sugar baby yes I actually had three sugar daddies my last sugar daddy was uh, my longest one we were together for about a year and a half and we had a couple of ups and downs with that um what I didn't realize or what was gonna happen was he ended up like falling in love or something like that and I remember these moments where I was about to leave because it was my last day gonna be with him and he like poured out his heart to me in this one moment and of course I didn't feel the same way because I was just thinking like okay like this is a way for me to get a nice income so I can pay for college and all the time that I was in college, when I tell you, he would, like, call me and text me all the time. Like, that's all he would do. He would text me when I was in class. He would call me. And I would tell him, like, you know, like, I'm in class. I can't talk to you right now. And then he would get angry. And then I would tell him, like, you know, like, I understand that you like me, but I don't really feel that same way. Like, we had this small little transaction going on, so I can't really like you back. And there was this one moment where he drove all the way up there like, to the college where I was. Oh, my God. Right when I got out of the class. Yeah. <laughs> right when I got out of the class, I saw him in his car, and he waved to me, and I was like, oh, my God. And so, of course, I, like, got in the car with him because I was trying to, like, okay, can you please leave? Because most of my friends didn't know that I had a sugar daddy. They just assumed that I'm just getting money from, like, a, my parents or something. That's what I was telling them. So I was trying to tell him to leave and hoping, like, nobody saw me in this car. And thank God he didn't, like, kidnap me or anything like that. But um, we ended up going to go talk. And basically he was saying the same things about he actually ended up wanting to have a relationship with me, like us dating and marriage. And then all this other stuff. And I was telling him, like, I'm not ready for that. Like, you're so much older than I am. Like, how am I going to tell my parents I'm marrying someone that's 50, you know? Oh, my God. So, yeah. And, um. Eventually, I would try over and over to break it off with him, and he just would not, like, let me go, like, for so long. And it got kind of out of hand in so many instances where he just kind of, like, showed up, like, to the college. And then after um, 
after my first semester, I went home, and then he knew that I was home, and then he would come, like, here where I was to the house with my parents and still come. And, yeah, it got really, really scary. So that's one of the reasons why I never did it again, because he got very possessive, and he had a lot of money, and I was kind of fearing at that point because I think – I think once someone has a lot of money, they can make certain stuff happen to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what really scared me the most. So that's like a really big story about, um, I would just say like being careful with it. Cause we were fine whenever we first started, but after I went to college and he poured his heart out and I wasn't feeling the same way and it turned into like this huge mess. Yeah. That happened to Amelia with her last sugar daddy too. He, uh, he also fell in love with her and got really kind of, possessive but he I mean he never showed up at her house or anything like he he understood boundaries at least that's so scary it is yeah it was just so crazy and I never told my parents anything like thank god whenever he came that they weren't at the house with me because it would have been like police and everything and he also had a son who I think his son was like eight or something like that so it was hard for me to understand why he was acting like this even though he had a child yeah yeah it was just so crazy and I would feel so bad for his son like that you're putting your child through this because he would tell me that he had to get like babysitters so that you know they could watch his kid while we were out but I can't imagine like him like the guy coming here to my house and him trying to get a babysitter and his son seeing all that stuff yeah Yeah. (laughs) that is intense yeah, it got yeah, super, super intense. Do you have any other stories? Um, yes. I, ha- I have a story about um, the first time me having a sugar daddy, which didn't go quite right. Um, basically, he lived two hours away because I didn't want anyone like super close like to where I lived. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, I just graduated high school. So, like, freshly 18. Like, oh. Two weeks into being 18, I found him on Seeking Arrangements. And at that time, I had no knowledge. I didn't know what, like, notions attachment or any of that stuff. I was just kind of, like, going with the flow, remembering what my friend said of him having a sugar daddy and him getting paid $500. And I'm like, okay, let me try. Let me, let me see what I can do. We went to a Starbucks two hours away, and I drove all the way there. And I remember being so, 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 so nervous. And I remember whenever I first saw him, he was so nervous as well. Like, he was so, like red just with nervousness and I remember him like trying to say like hello and him stuttering and stuff like that which made me feel even more nervous because he's like super nervous and I remember him asking me like you know to sit and he asked me if I wanted coffee and I was like no because I'm like too scared to drink anything from him just because he put something <laughs> in my drink like trying <laughs> to be really careful and um we were just talking and stuff and he was telling me like how much money he had and the uh, Apparently, he had, like, some Harleys and this big house and divorce and stuff like that. And this was his first time. And it was my first time as well, but I didn't tell him that because I was trying to seem like I was a pro. Mm -hmm. My first time, like I said, uh, we were two hours away, but we were around, like, uh, Galveston. So there was, like, a ferry, like, a couple feet from us. And I guess I was just, like, staring at the ferry because it was leaving. And... I guess he saw me staring at it, and next thing you know, he asked me, he goes, do you want to go get on the ferry? And I'm like, no, I can't get on the ferry. Like, I don't know when the ferry's going to, like, leave. Like, I didn't know, like, when it was going to get off. Like, I thought he was trying to kidnap me and, like, put me in, like, 
on this ferry and we're never going to leave or yeah I was like no I don't want to get on the ferry but in that whole moment I just saw him like go from being like super super nervous to kind of like not mildly aggressive but just kind of acting kind of funny I guess he was still kind of nervous I'm not really for sure but I remember like right after we got done he asked me if I needed the ride home and I told him like no I had drove and from me driving okay so I remember towards the end I was like speed walking to my car so that, like, I could just, like, hurry up and leave. And I remember, like, looking back at the whole situation and me realizing, like, I could not do this. I can't do this. I don't want to shoot your daddy. Like, I just, I guess in that moment from looking at him being so nervous and then him being sporadic and just asking, like, do you want to ride this huge boat that I didn't ask to be on and kind of be kind of weird like that, I guess, in the moment. I just kind of, like, left. And I remember, like, me driving home and I just blocked him. I was like, we're not doing this. I deleted the app. <laughs> oh no we are done yeah but you didn't stick to that because that was one of your first sugar daddies right 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 it wasn't until after where i like was really needing the money or i was like all right well i guess we'll try this again yikes <laughs> and actually see what's gonna happen and so um you've moved on then from sugar or unless you're still sugaring oh no i'm not sugaring okay so now you're you're doing like camming Made a, a Chatterbait account, so um, I'm pretty excited to start with that. Yeah, how long have you been doing that for? Well, I just started. I um, recently just got back into the light of going back to doing sex work, so I would say I've been doing OnlyFans and um, Snapchats and stuff like that. I would say for maybe about a month now, so got a little bit of uh, a following going. Very cool. What was your motivation to get back into it? Um, I honestly, I really like the people that I met. I met some really amazing people doing this, like some honest people and people from all over that really just genuinely want to know how you are and kind of really care about you, you know. So I remember like that feeling and I just wanted to come back to it. And it was also really good money as well as having fun, so. That's a really interesting point because I feel like a lot of people don't understand that when you're, like, doing sex work, you do make connections with a lot of your clients. Um, so that's a really interesting thing to that you brought up. Yeah, yeah. Like, you meet so many people around. Like, I have um, this one guy in particular who doesn't pay me any money because he doesn't particularly have money to give right now. But he's always texting me, always making sure that I'm okay. I have texted him whenever I'm, like, stressed out. And he's always just really been there to kind of cheer me up. I talk to him about everybody and stuff like that. So he's a genuine nice person. That's so cool. That is, it's very interesting how you meet people through sex work like this, you know? Right, yeah. In the DM that you sent me, you said that our podcast uh, made you feel not so alone during sex work and kind of helped you discover yourself sexually. Um, would you mind, like, elaborating on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, basically, I grew up very, very Christian. And not only that, but I, you know, in high school, I used to get bullied a lot for, you know, I'm more of, like, a skinnier person. And, you know, I used to get bullied for my weight and, you know, also um, Christianity and things like that. And so... I would always have these friends, and they would always get, like, all the boys and stuff like that, like, even now, and I would just admire them for, like, really just, like, 
I guess having that male attention, you know, and I've like always kind of wanted that or just wanted like a taste of that and I never really got it because I just never thought of myself like that, you know, like as a sexy person, you know, mm-hmm. and to see like the, the podcast and I'm seeing these girls and they're like, oh yeah, I'm doing like this, this and that and I'm like, that's so amazing and then, you know, going back to doing this with, um, trying to get into camming and stuff like that. I mean, these guys, and they're like, oh, you're so hot and stuff. But I never thought of myself like that and really dove into me being sexually attractive. Like, I didn't think of myself like that for a really long time. I just thought of myself as kind of just this person. But I think as I went into this and the podcast and everything, I started to see, you know, like, it's okay to be, like, super sexual and like your body and love your body and wanting to like do things and stuff like that like I think that's really empowering that makes me so happy (laughs) so glad that we were able to help you with that yeah it's been great yeah this is something we talk about on the podcast a lot um and it's something that comes up a lot when I'm telling people about what I do uh they're curious about whether that whether or not sex work is empowering so from your point of view do you find it to be empowering I really, really do. You meet so many guys that are head over heels for you, just at all for you, you know? And I think that's very empowering to know and to to see as well, especially if you're not used to seeing it, you know? Like if you come from a background where it's not appropriate, kind of sort of say, um, I think it's very empowering. Also to see other girls do it as well, like it gives me much more like a drive and a motivation, so... I would definitely say it's so empowering. Amelia and I have talked about this a few times, and uh, and yeah, she says that she finds it very empowering. So that's very interesting to hear that from you. Honestly, yes. I'm so excited for it. I noticed on your profile on Instagram, you don't have any of your, none of your pictures have your face in them. Uh, would you tell right. me about, like, why you made that decision? Of course, of course. Um, everybody asks me about that. I'm, like, so excited to answer the question. <laughs> but basically... Um, I don't show my face for a couple of reasons, but the main reasons are is I'm actually um, trying to get my degree in the medical field. I want to be a physical therapist. So that's like my main focus. Like I'm trying to have like a retirement because of course, you know, I can't do this forever. So that's my main goal. And my following, I would say it's growing a lot and I don't want to be like caught up. And I want to make sure that when I get my degree, they look at my resume and not necessarily this. Like I don't want this to come back and like, with me in my face and I can't get a job or something like that you know because I know like I know sometimes that does happen so that's like one of the main reasons why I don't show my face and another reason why I also don't show my face is I also think like a little mystery is very sexy you know like that type of like imagination of like what do you want my face to look like you know I think that's very sexy very you know like a little bit of a mystery especially like sometimes I'll put my lips sometimes I won't and some people like just me showing my lips is like this extra like added thing into this mystery so that's another reason why I don't show my face that's very interesting I never thought about that before mm-hmm. so like one of the big reasons that I've always been afraid to do sex work was for that reason like I uh I'm like I want to get a job later and I'm nervous that this is going to follow me so when did you decide that the risk was worth it okay well I would say this because uh basically 
specifically with college and then trying to find like an actual nine to five job, it was kind of hard for me. Like I was taking breaks in between like working and going to school because with the medical program, they want you to be like high A's is very competitive and stuff. And so I really couldn't have like a really like full time job and then try to work at the same time. At least personally for me, it was very hard. And so I decided to do this because it worked around my schedule. And so then I decided, you know, like maybe the risk is kind of worth it so that I could do college and have fun and do this. So that's when I decided, I was like, you know what? We'll be fine. We'll be okay. (laughs) Very interesting. Thank you so much for reaching out to us. Uh, This was such a cool interview. I guess I, I didn't expect to learn so much more. I feel like every time we have an interview, I learn something I didn't expect to learn. So that this was a great conversation. Um, If you guys want to follow Deja on Instagram, uh, her Instagram handle is Deja underscore honey. Oh five. That's D E J A underscore H O N E Y O five. Do you have a Twitter? Uh, Yes, I do have a Twitter. It's uh, Deja's honey with a, like D-E-J-A-S-H-O-N-E-Y. Okay, perfect. So you guys should follow her on Instagram and Twitter, and you should also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Our Twitter's at CandyGirlPod, and our Instagram's at CandyGirlPodcast. And if you want to reach out to us, you absolutely should. We're very responsive. We love to hear from you guys. Uh, you can always send us an email, too, at CandyGirlPodcast.Outlook.com. Deja, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Hopefully 2020 brings you so much success. 